It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C Four Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Another episode Chris, of the Matt, Canucks Anna, Hockey and Podcast, Adam. Brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually by Anna Forsyth at 84003. I'd like to have something witty to start off the show with, but I am in such a brain fog right now. Yeah, you're doing fine. Like, honestly, um pretty impressed with you standing upright well sitting upright <laughs> so yeah. i don't think anyone's in sort of completely 100 percent right now um it's like we're in a cold snap it's february mm-hmm. like everyone's miserable it's snowing um yeah. but yeah i have a slight cold um you have a full-blown cough i guess Cold, cough, flu, not sure. I mean, mm. who knows? Maybe it's the spicy cough at this point. But oh God. the um you know, we were we weren't here last week. We had a, an episode off because the holiday being a family day. And uh, to celebrate the the family day uh a weekend, uh, my daughter brought home uh some sickness. So she was actually home all week uh because she was sick. Like we were responsible parents, we kept her here kept her germs with us and uh, my daughter being the loving you know kind sharing kid she is (laughs) made sure both mommy and daddy uh picked up the bug so i am i am alive as is my wife um but we're in two different sort of disparate states of disrepair and i think i've talked about it on the show before but our daughter is a hundred percent. She's back at it. She's full, yeah. bean, she's full of stink. And my wife and I, I don't think combined have enough. That, yeah. That'll energy. happen. Right. Because kids just love bringing home stuff from daycare or school. 
and it'll always take a couple days um, for you to get that. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of bad to happen. Um, and unless you live in a mansion where you can sequester yourself off and like leave one parent to deal with it, or have a nanny or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's inevitable that it's going to run the household. Yeah, well, even, I mean, even if you were to sequester yourself off, you know, we can't let the five-year-old fend for herself. Honestly, right? like, I'm not suggesting you do, but if anyone can handle it, Barry could. No, she probably could, you're right. You know, like um, feeding the animals, taking care of herself, I bet. Oh, she does. She actually does a really good job. Um feeding the animals when given the opportunity. I mean, a lot of the stuff isn't accessible to her, but she is very um, uh, capable of, of doing it and thinking of, you know, constructive ways to get herself up higher there and lay a problem because sometimes she tries and yeah. doesn't quite understand the limits as to her reach and what have you. But, but she, she, you know, critically she thinks things through. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, things uh, beyond the reach, the Vancouver Canucks uh, uh, seemingly have yet to fully comprehend um, how one gets improved draft odds. I mean, the time that we've been away, they've been inconsistent because um, Manko loved the kid, but boy, oh boy, this kid continues to score goals that win games and get yeah. the Canucks points. Like, you know, it, I love the kid. Love him to death. I love his 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 infectiousness. You know, just give this kid some Coca Cola, banana, a map to the rink. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's just so excitable. It's it's so hard to get mad at him. But you're just like, literally every force is trying to help the Canucks tank, like external force. You know, Canucks literally traded away defensemen before puck drop. So. They lost. They were mm -hmm. down a defenseman. Um, the Tor Toronto War Room were trying to pull back that goal on him, but yeah, he cannot yeah. be kept down. Neither can Petey, and that's kind of unfortunate. Even though yeah. you do want them that way eventually. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, if you're thinking, oh well, Chris seems to think the Canucks are doing well. No, no, not at all. I mean, uh, they, <laughs> they're just better than they should be. Yeah, exactly. Right. They've, they've, they've gotten a win against the blues in overtime. They got a win against the stars in overtime. They got a, sh a shootout loss against the predators. There's your points. Everything else has been, been bad. Um, so, you know, not the end of the world, but, uh, but no, I mean, the Vancouver Canucks are sort of, you know, doing what they can to, um, make it appear as if the message has been heard. The team needs to be rebuilt because, uh, there's also been some, some adjustments, um, not the adjustments that I think most would have uh, thought may have occurred. Um, Luke Shen, as we're recording, is still a Vancouver Canuck, yeah. yet he has been shut down for the better part of like two weeks for trade-related reasons. And, you know, his, uh, I don't think his, his, his uh, son or daughter has been born yet. I don't believe they? so. I feel like we would have heard about it, so... Yeah, so I mean, there's there's the uh, you know pending arrival of a, uh, a a child. So I mean, I, I get you know why you would you know, give him that opportunity, and at the same time, don't risk him getting hurt because uh, if there's something that we have seen with the Vancouver Canucks, players get hurt. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, we got a whole lot to, to talk about, uh, seeing as we haven't had uh, an episode for two weeks and, uh, so little time to do it in before I just fall over and pass <laughs> out. So, uh, let's, uh, let's look back the last couple of weeks. You know, the, the, the birthday week, um, the Vancouver Canucks, um, you could say gave, gave me the gift of a loss. Um, yeah, that was nice um, of them. Right. And they, then they went and lost again against the Flyers, um, and made sure to, to do so in, in, in stellar fashion. Um, I'm not, you know, happy they're losing the way they are losing, but hey, you know, this season's a write off. So who cares? Right. Yeah. I mean, so your birthday was the 15th, correct? It was the 15th. Yeah. So yeah, they literally. New York, they lost New York on your birthday. And then mm-hmm. just three days later, they were like, decided to show off against Philly. So, very, like, bizarre. Like, just overall, just with the teams that they have lost against, it's kind of amazing that they're just finding this fight. But then it's not because it's players, it's the players you think it is. It's Pedersen just being that really smart best all-round player that he is like i don't know if demko didn't come back he could have played goal i think yeah and i you know need to sort of make sure people understand when i said they lost against the flyers it's they lost because they won yes and they, they won six two which, yeah i mean it's you know you lose by winning and you lose by losing it's loss loss but but yeah, you're, you're the effort that we saw against the Rangers and any effort we see against the Flyers makes absolutely no sense, as you had said. Uh, game against the Predators, um, arguably, um, this this game, um, I mean, I, I don't want to discount the fact that the Vancouver Canucks did what they needed to do to get back into this one, um, courtesy of Andre Kuzmenko in the you know last 15 seconds of the third period. Yeah. Um, right. And then, you know, St. Louis, uh, Vancouver Canucks. This is okay. I actually, I, I was on the post game um, with Clay and invited me right. on, you know, one of the 30 uh, live stream <laughs> YouTube things he has. It was the Steve Dangle podcast network. Anyhow. And, uh, you know, he, he had asked me and I was some of the listeners was like, Oh, you know, are you, are you happy that the Vancouver Canucks won? And this is the game that I'm conflicted in because I love watching Bennington lose. Oh yeah. I do love like Bennington being upset. It's just one of the like greatest sights in hockey. Um, <laughs> I agree with that, but like, and I know what you mean. Like it's in like, I didn't want them to win, but I will take joy from Bennington's. Yeah, and 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 you look at that the way that game played out. The Vancouver Canucks were just they were out of it until the third period, at yep. which point they decided they wanted to get back in it. JT Miller scores a shorthanded goal assisted by PD on I gotta give Miller credit. He had that puck on the way, like within a millisecond of it being near his stick. And yep. despite Bennington cheating over to um, the, the Miller shot or, you know, expecting the pass mattered very little. And, oh, guess who scored in the final minute of the game to tie it up and send it to overtime? Andre Kuzmenko. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, PD decided he wanted to end it in OT. So, there, you know, you got two points. And again, that's the thing. I, if, if they're going to have to get wins, I know they will at some point. 
those are the that's the team you beat. You you get the win there. Yeah, obviously, I would have preferred they <laughs> against. Oh, I know. Give points. Was, yes, them beating the Bruins, and honestly, like it was much closer than I thought it was going to be. Like I expected Canucks to get. Like I thought it was going to be one of those brutal, you know, five-one minimum defeats. But Boston, like considering how dominant they've been this season. Only like a couple of their players looked that sort of level. I yeah, I was surprised. I think honestly, if Canucks had taken those like chances they had on special teams, if they had got a bit more favorable luck um, in the officiating, like honestly, it would have been much cl- like could have been a tight game. It was yeah, as I say much closer than I thought it was going to be. So from that point. Well, I mean, the Bruins did play the Kraken, you know, previous to yeah. the, the Canucks game. And that game was wild. Yeah. Like, I, it's probably like they just completely spent at that point, um, which is fair. And you're like, even in the dominant season they're having, they can't be like, sometimes you got to win in a sort of half ass way. And, um, yeah, that top line was still very good. Um, but yeah, Sea Loves was remarkably impressive, I have to say. Um, and given the lineup that was happening, yeah. Um, don't let that goalie goal fool you. It actually was not um, that a dominant win. I think the goalies are just crazy and they will try anything. Well, and I mean, that was brought up during the broadcast too. Like you're up to one and, you know, there is some risk there that you, you ice the puck and the way Vancouver has played the previous two games, is this, this, you know, extra opportunity you want to give them to potentially tie it up? Obviously that's not what happened. Elmer got the first goal in like, I don't know, three or four years or whatever it is. By yeah. Goaltender, um, I don't find it as exciting. I think I'm too British or something. And just like the idea of him trying that was like felt like in bad taste or something. Maybe it's the Bruins. Honestly, I just wasn't well, I, as impressed as everyone else. But um, yeah, and I, I've never, I, I can't say I, I follow the Bruins. Why would I? And, and Allmark, I don't know much about, but it, is that something he has attempted before in other games or was this a, cause this, there's this thing where we look at Boston is that they, they trying to prove a point to Vancouver because it was game 27 of the Stanley cup. Playoffs. I, I, I very much doubt that was the case. Um, and goalies are not like, I don't want to say like, let's discount Tim Thomas. Cause that was, he wasn't a whole other, like he was way off the base, but like in general goalies are weird. I think he, the Boston goalie situation is really interesting because it's not like, like completely. Um, they've had to depend a lot on the backups um, just because of injuries over the last few years. And they do seem to have a really great relationship, the two goalies. Um, so I think I'm putting it up to weird goalie. I, but someone who watches the Bruins more can tell us if that's a thing they have tried before. I would say it's bold. It was bold but, in the uh, circumstance. I mean, when you're when you're as good as the Bruins are right now, you can you can try stuff like this. True. Like, right? I mean, 
really. They're they're playing with a whole lot of mojo that that no other team in the league currently possesses. I mean, the fact that it remains, it's been two weeks since we last talked about them, and they still do not have double digit losses. Yeah, like honestly, they're having an insane season, and it's really interesting to see what will happen in the postseason because, like, I don't think we've seen this dominant season in a long time. Maybe that Tampa season where they got bounced in the first round, that was the closest, I think. Um, Canucks were great in 2011. Were they that dominant? Probably not, but they were definitely the best team. Um, when they won the President's Trophy the next year, they were not the best team in the league. I think everyone was kind of surprised that actually happened. Um, so, yeah, it will be super interesting what happens in the playoffs if this dominance continues or we just like have a Tampa moment. Yeah. And that brings us to the game that we just finished watching. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, went on a quick road trip down to uh, Dallas. Uh, one game. Yeah. And <laughs> they come home for a couple more. External so it's like, forces, the NHL scheduling also trying to help Canucks tank. Right. Like, so, you know, on the road. So since we last recorded, they had two more games at home. Then it went on the road for two. They came home for one on the road for one. And then after we record here, they're then home for a stretch. Um, yeah. They don't go back on the road until uh, the middle of March. Um, but uh, the game tonight was weird. Um, it felt to me like Dallas was the team that was trying hardest, yet maybe – because Thatcher Demko made a return like this. Yeah. Did, did you believe that he would start the first game he dressed? Um, that didn't shock me because um, just because of the backwards and forwards nature, I think they weren't going to pull him off IR till he was actually fully ready um, mm-hmm. because of the setbacks they've already had. Um, so I think that was more a case that he might have been ready to go at the weekend, but they didn't want to take that risk didn't. until he felt really ready. Um, but like, also gives he loves the job. Sorry. Sure. No, but like, like the, they talked about it during hockey Night in Canada and how, you know, you don't dress a goaltender who's not ready to go on the ice. Right. And so the belief was that, okay, there, one, there's no sense in rushing Thatcher back, but we'll probably see him go on the road. Uh, he'll he'll dress as a backup and then they'll get in. So to see him start on the road in yeah. Dallas, I think that to me was surprising. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was backup. But to see him start, that's what sort of, I'm like, oh, But that okay. means to me that he was probably good to back up at the weekend. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah like huge i'm sure it was a boost for this very inexperienced defense to know that they have a very experienced goaltender behind them rather than the arty party who has been pretty impressive considering but he's no thatcher demko um but like just not just morale boost wise in actuality like the amount of high danger chances that defense gave up was i don't have the number so i would like to check it but like it was considerable and that's a Jemko stepped up. Certainly did. Um, so Vancouver got themselves two, two goal leads in this game. Um, but as we know, no lead in Vancouver is safe. Um, Dallas was able to uh, tie it up uh, early in the third period. And then um, 
early in overtime, um, Andre Kuzmenko scores a goal. Uh, Dallas is headed down the, the tunnel. Uh, NHL head office, uh, you know, situation room, buzzes over to the rink and says, no, we need to look at this together. And this is this is something that, again, um, I've noticed more and more. I mean, they talked about it on the broadcast tonight. The process that it takes to review these calls yeah. seems ludicrous. Like, I, I, I may be less concerned where it's this is this is the game over moment okay yeah. maybe you take a little bit longer there but if the call is made by the situation room why does it have to take so long to then discuss with the, the linesman like if the call's not you know if it's not the linesman on the ice who ultimately make the decision it's instead yeah you know, toronto it does seem to be like if you can't tell within two minutes, then it's there's no reason to overturn. And I think, yeah, I mean, Canucks got on the wrong end of um, some challenges in the game against the game in St. Louis. Um, but yeah, I do think that should apply across the board. And yeah, like, I don't think I'm being biased in that perspective. It would have been much better for us if they had overturned it. But mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, especially when it's mid-game, like, you make the challenge. If you can tell in two minutes that it should be overturned, great, do it. But otherwise, yeah. no. Like, I I mean, a, a comparable for me is what we see with VAR in yeah, exactly. soccer or football. Um, with VAR, you know, there's the time that, generally gets consumed is when the referee is the one who has to go and watch, you know, 30 different angles. Um, yeah. That, it's the same that, thing. Like yeah, it that's, should that's, be that's, clear and obvious error. It's not really that anymore, but that's the idea behind it. Right. Whereas like the offsides, and this is where I understand where people are like, well, wait a minute, like an offside where you're using technology to draw like, you know, lines based on physics and all that. You know, okay, maybe that's too extreme, but at least you've taken out like it's quick. Yeah. Put put the punch the data in, boom, offside, not offside. I mean, uh, rugby with review. Yeah. You know, it it's pretty quitty quick, and I feel like that slowdown part takes away from the the game and the experience. So. I totally agree. Just a quick off the rails based on that. I've been watching. So I got home um, near the very beginning of the second period, but I didn't tune in right away because I was watching the cricket because it was Mm. a hugely, hugely exciting end to a five-day game. Um, New Zealand, England. New Zealand ended up winning by one run, so it was very close. But what really amused me is that I've been watching the US feed. It's like a New Zealand broadcast, but... Um, broadcast on a US channel and they kept just cutting away during reviews like they were clearly like usually if you're watching that on British TV on New Zealand TV you would be watching the whole thing you're waiting for the umpires to make their decision you're seeing all the replays but no the American channel was like this is probably time for another Geico commercial yeah yeah. (laughs) Aflac Oh, so anyhow, Vancouver Canucks, they win. Kuzmenko, love the kid, gets himself a goal. Uh, Boviele had a night, three points, two goals, one assist. 
um, really like him. Bovillier is filling in um, quite nicely in that sort of Pedersen Kuzmenko Bovillier line. Right. Um, I mean, that was like he's a top six player. He's not going to be that sort of um, middle six like flashing out either. He works or he doesn't. It seems to work. So, yeah. um, um, but the other note actually worth mentioning is that uh, JT Miller, uh, he was uh, not on the road trip to Dallas. Uh, When word came out that he wasn't making the trip, people are like, oh my goodness, he's being traded. Uh, He's week to week, which when the Vancouver Canucks come out and say someone is week to week, I'm presuming he might not be back this season. Yeah. I mean, considering what, there is five weeks left in the season. um... Yeah. Like week to week does not sort of uh, like give itself to, oh, he'll be back next week. Yes, I know that that is open to interpretation. But literally, but to me, like, that's more day-to-day. The NHL, like, I think anything under three weeks could be day-to-day um, for NHL um, teams to tell media. So if it's week-to-week, you know, like you're thinking over a month here. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, so... Not to that, be traded. You know, no. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, for those who are like, you know, there's still a possibility he could be traded. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I, I said this uh, when I was with Clay, but the more I think about it, the more I think if you were going to trade JT Miller, it's not a deadline deal. It's an end of season deal. It's an end of season before that contract kicks in. Yeah. And it, it, what interests me is that it took a whole afternoon, it seems, to get an answer on um, whether you can retain salary on just an extension or um, before that extension co- kicks in. And it turns out, no, you can't. It has to apply to both. Um, so, again, I think that makes it more that's likely a, that it's an off-season deal, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would not want to retain money on a JT Miller. I, I mean... That's but how like a, else? That's a, Are we getting rid of no, him? No, I, I know, but like, because now you're you're paying paying him to go play somewhere else for eight years. Yeah. Oh, anyhow, messy that situation is. Uh, that's not to suggest though that the Vancouver Canucks have uh, not been active uh, in the trade market. Uh, the first deal um, that went down uh, since we last recorded uh, was one with the New York Rangers. Um, the Vancouver Canucks uh, acquired Vitaly Krasov in exchange for William Lockwood and a seventh round pick in 2026, which I don't know about that particular draft year, but seems to me not to be a pick I would be too worried about. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite air, but it's not much more than that yeah and William Lockwood yeah he's done way better than expected um especially considering his huge injury that he had um just after being drafted but yeah Krasov is definitely an upgrade definitely more potential and he's young so like well and and this is again going back to the you know the previous deal that we were talking about how do you evaluate whether it's good or not there are a lot of Rangers fans dissatisfied with this deal. Yeah. Which then leads me to believe, hmm, maybe the Canucks are onto something. Now, I, I don't know enough about Krasoff, but I do know like William Lockwood, I wish it would have worked out. He was at one point, you know, considered a top prospect here in Vancouver. 
injuries, unfortunately, um, really set him back. And arguably you might suggest the opportunity was never really presented to him to, to, to grab onto whether or not he was entitled to that opportunity. Again, very much debatable. Yeah. But, but these types of deals, these are not deals that I would be at all agitated about. Like the old regime, they would have been that's 2026 seventh round would have been like a second round pick. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, I agree. I think I'm pretty happy with that. I think I hope Will Lockwood succeeds because if you've watched Abbotsford Canucks over the last few years, he's been a really entertaining player to watch. He's and at times like especially when maybe the likes of Klimovich wasn't performing when some of the better players were called up in the pre podcasts in Huglander in Abbotsford times, like he was like a class above. So I do think he has um NHL player in him. I do think he is an NHL player. Um, and it would be great to see him get a regular spot in a few years' time. Yeah. Uh, the deal that was announced uh, today um, was that the Vancouver Canucks uh, picked up the phone, talked to Buffalo a little bit, and sent Riley Stillman on his way out east in exchange for Josh Bloom. And this deal has me wondering. Riley Stillman was worth that much? Yeah. Like, again, young kid, he's still in the like, OHL. Yeah, he's 19, but, but like, and never heard of him. But, like, he seems to be, one, a good skater, which I think is huge, especially as, um, you know, the newest acquisition, Ratu, does have some troubles there. Um, but, yeah, he's young. He's 19. Riley Stillman was a dead weight, you know, um, like I like haven't enjoyed him playing. All he's been doing is taking up a roster spot and sorry, Riley, peace be with you. But yeah, five years he has on Josh Bloom. So yeah. I kind of think you know what you're seeing already with him. Like, well, Canucks gonna- read it, um, uh, had Riley Stillman as as tank commander, yeah. um, right? Like Myers was tank lieutenant and, and 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 what have you. So there, they were bidding him a, a fond farewell. But you know, the other piece of the puzzle here was that Riley Stillman was tying up one point three five on your cap. That doesn't seem exactly. like a whole lot of money, but he was at that price point next year too. So the Vancouver Canucks in in making this deal did free up a additional cap space. This is something that, that they've started to be smart about. Um, you then have J pad on Twitter saying it's to free up space for Kane, which, oh my goodness. But, um, <laughs> talk about stirring the pot. I, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a stirring moment, but like considering how much we complained when Canucks had to acquire Riley Stillman in order to get rid of Jason Dickinson. Um, like, yeah, that's a good result. Yeah. That in less than a season, he's already gone and traded for a younger model. Yeah. So maybe Patrick Alvin is uh, got some skills in the kitchen that we we weren't too aware of. I mean, again, I'm presuming it's him, but who knows? Maybe it's Trader Jim that's pulling all the strings and 
actually, you know, sticking to his word of not being in front of the camera to tell us all about it like he used to be. But uh, trade deadline is only a handful of days away. As to what else happens, I don't know. I mean, I think Elliot today had said that he doesn't think JT gets traded. Um, I think, yeah, was I think it, it's pretty unlikely. Was it's it Dollywall that had said something along the lines that it is now sounds like Besser and Shen could be going to Calgary? Right, yeah. Um, I did wonder what happened to the Besser to Minnesota um, deal. I don't know if um, that's gone anywhere. Um, maybe they'll just have him walk down the hallway on Thursday. Um, yeah. But yeah, Shen, I'd be curious what happens because surely he's such a valuable pickup as a rental, but like obviously the two big players in Toronto and Boston no longer require his services. So um, yeah, I still expect him to go. Um, Shen, maybe not Besser. Like Besser might be another revisit in the off season kind of thing, but yeah. yeah. Anywho, um, as we know, time will tell when we record our episode next week, maybe the Vancouver Canucks will have made a big splash. Maybe they will not have done anything whatsoever. Um, which, you know, as a Canucks fan, we're very much used to. But one thing that you and I are going to do is take a show as a short break. You're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? That Because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder (laughs) Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. (laughs) Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He's going to get a lot of power play time and... Yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. See, as we're ending uh, Rewind off talking about, you know, Canucks trades, let's talk about, uh, you know, what the rest of the league has been up to because, uh, you know, there are some crazy deals going down right now, you know? I wouldn't necessarily say crazy, but when you got, like, you know, 21st-round picks just being bandied about, which, again, hyperbole and all, it's crazy. <laughs> well, you're not far off. Yeah. Like, um, we've had some wild um, trades. Like, obviously, um, the Genoa trade stands out. Um, like, who knows who was worth that much and what a temper up to. 
Well, so, I mean, for those of our listeners who don't know, you know, Tanner Janot, uh, he has a contract of $800,000, which, you know, would be indicative of a, a young kid, uh, maybe got some upside. Well, Tanner Janot was acquired for Calfoot, a 2023 third, fourth, and fifth round pick, 2024 yep. second round, and a conditional 2025 first round pick. The condition is that it's a top 10 protected. Um, I don't know if that means that it then becomes like a 26 or something. Like that's the part that. Yeah, I don't know. Was not clear. Because it's the last one in the. Um, yeah, I don't know. That may be something that shakes out in time, but like, yeah. what a haul. Like that, that's, that's, that was, you know, that's a crazy deal. I mean, I, I can't say I know enough about Tanner Janot outside of the fact that uh, kids make and bank um, based on that. I will say, but um, I don't know if that's indicative of his wider performance. <sighs> yeah. Like, honestly, because it's Tampa, like, I guess they know what they're doing, but like, maybe they're thinking they have one more run left in them. Who needs those pesky picks? But yeah, we'll have to see in the off season if it pays off. But yeah, it's funny that it's like two of the bigger um, players at the deadline are like Toronto and Tampa. And it's like, do you see them both having runs or? Yeah. Um, you know, if we go back a little bit further, we had a three-way deal between the uh, Bruins, the Wild, and the Capitals. Um, ultimately, the uh, the Capitals uh, found themselves acquiring a whole lot of picks. And uh, they also uh, got themselves uh, Craig Smith to the tune of 3.1 on the cap. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for Boston, uh, Boston got themselves Garnet Hathaway, uh, the signing rights to Ande Svetlikov. And Dmitry Orlov, where his contract was half retained. Uh, Minnesota, uh, they got themselves uh, Dmitry Orlov's retention from uh, Washington. So, this is, this is, yeah. so Minnesota essentially said, yeah, we'll take some cap. Thank you. And yeah. then Boston takes the player like, yeah. in return I mean, for a pick. Canuck said they'd be like willing to be one of those like facilitators, but... Nothing has come off so far. Um, I will say one of the trades that intrigued me, obviously, was the long-awaited Timo Meyer trade. Um, that kind of we knew it had gone down, but like no one knew what the return was um, at all. But like it did make me think: Is there a limit to like the number of players and picks you can trade? I probably not eh? like i just wonder uh, if you traded like five players are you allowed to do that i guess you i are. think so like i don't think there there is a there would be any limit like really the only thing that you need to do as far as an organization is concerned is ensure at no point in time do you exceed the salary cap like they can't in in a consummation of multiple trades they can't exceed the cap any point throughout yeah so you know how things are passed through which is why like a three-way uh, deal. You have I'll, a limit of contracts. Yeah. And then, yeah, contracts being the other one. Uh, so cap and contracts. Beyond that, you know, have at it. Like so, if you want to swap 
rosters with someone else, go for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, the, the Sharks and Devils pretty much, you know, did as much as that. And they threw like a met- metric ton of conditions on the deal. So like, I mean, the, the San Jose Sharks have uh, a conditional first round, a conditional second round. And then the conditions are like, oh, if it's one of these, it's one of those, then it's this, it's that. And it's if it's this, but if it's that, like it's, you know, crazy on. But uh, I mean, for the Devils, uh, as you said, Timo Meyer gets to hang out there. Oh, Maple Leafs, Blackhawks, uh, they decided to get a deal done, which, you know, possibly takes the Leafs out of play-ish to the bigger, bigger deals. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though. I eh? like, um, Chicago obviously shedding right now, um, might be shedding a very big contract, uh, in the next couple of days. We'll see. Um, but like the amount of willing participants, that's what I find funny, I guess. That's just like, oh yeah, we'll take, you guys are doing so well this season. We'll take a couple of your players. I'm sure they'll turn it around. Yep. So speaking of the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks have two first round picks in yeah. 2023, 2024, 2025. Yeah. They've got three second round picks in 23, two and 24, one in 25. They got two third round picks in 23 and 24. Like this is a team that's in full rebuild mode. And guess what? They might have some pretty serious odds for Connor Bedard. Yeah. Yeah, um, in contrast, I think, was it someone saying about Tampa just having, like, two picks in the draft coming up or something? Um, I don't know. Um, But I'm always amused by how that shakes out. But yeah, Chicago are really... I don't want to praise the Chicago organization and say they're doing a process right, given their history, but yes, that is what you want to do. Um, build up those picks. Uh, yeah, Tampa has three picks uh, in 23. One yep. in the sixth round and two in the seventh. There you go. <laughs> the like they don't They don't have the earliest pick is a second round pick in 25 right now. They've they've been trading them away, and you know if your if your window is open, right? Yeah, and your and team is ready to win. This is what you do. I mean, this is what the Vancouver Canucks did, window, right? You know, like, back in the day, they've won. They won two cups in a row. Like they have some players that maybe won't be good to go in another couple of years. So yeah, like fair play. Like, um, is Stamkos going to be like? good for in a few, three years time maybe not Stanley Cup good well but he's also off the books in three yeah. years time so if he's not good yeah exactly but like you, you've got you 8.5 have, to play with exactly but you have Steven Samkos now and you have mm-hmm. this elite player now you have Vasilevsky now like um I don't know how like I know goalies a voodoo and they age differently but he's been around a long time hasn't he what vasileski yeah um well he's 28 and he's signed through to 28 okay he looks he looks even younger wow voodoo Uh, well they are voodoo 
uh, back up Brian Elliott. I mean, he's 37. So yeah, Brian Elliott. I, I mean, there are some players that I'm like, not in a rude way. Don't really know how you're still around. You're just like, Oh, you're still here. Okay. Hey, you know, it's a Bob Essence uh, was, you know, the best backup. And he, I think was like 36, 37 when he was with the Canucks. So speaking of people still being around, it's just ridiculous to me that Shea Weber's contract just got traded. Like, <laughs> okay. The Arizona Coyotes, they have Hall of Fame NHLers yeah. on the roster who will never skate a, a, a second of ice time. Yeah, but sure, punish the Canucks for their, like, the long-go contract. They're the ones trying to suspend <sighs> the cap. Not Vegas, not Arizona. It's definitely Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, it, it is so asinine that that – you know, you can have all of these these contracts associated to a team who acquires them for the sole purpose of ensuring that they're at the floor. Yeah, honestly, to me, I'm just like, I feel like this is the kind of thing if that you were like running a like small business, this is the kind of thing that gets you like put in jail for fraud, you know, like still paying people who aren't there anymore and. Yeah, it is like there was a a tweet I saw. I think it was actually Pronger who had actually, you know, retweeted it, you know, making light of the fact that uh, there was someone else who's going to be, you know, joining his golf group or something like that. Like, I mean, yeah. <sighs> the NHL doesn't care. I mean, I, I I know I've said this before on the show. I don't feel that there's this big conspiracy to, you know, take the screws to the Vancouver Canucks, but I will agree that the league will go out of its way to be friendly to others. Uh, one of which is the Arizona Coyotes. Like I, I, Gary Bettman has done everything in his power to ensure that the Coyotes exist. And if at some point in time, the Coyotes need to retire a builder, Gary Bettman better be the first person to go up in the rafters there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean like put him in the rafters, but you know, well, ring of honor with his picture or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, just bizarro, but like, yeah, I mean, no illusions that the NHL wheel of justice or whatever form that takes, whether it's player safety, whether it's, um, officiating, um, whether it's the war room or whether it's just like James getting away with stuff. It's more random than anything, and it's just incompetence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I found the tweet. It's Chris Pronger. He's, he's tweeting out the uh, uh, tweet that was talking about Shea Weber as cap hit joining the famous Coyotes Legend Society. And he's like, excited for our new acquisition to join our golf tea times. <sighs> Asinine. Anywho, um, do you think this deadline is going to be a big one? Um, I mean, if Patrick Kane gets traded, sure. Like, that's kind of inevitable, really, isn't it? Like, even if it's somewhat of an anticlimax that's been anticipated for so long. But, yeah. Well, like, in, in itself, I mean, one deal to me, that doesn't make a big deadline. 
um, more in my mind is there's, there's many deals and I can understand how there's one deal can be like the domino that causes many of the other pieces to start to fall. Yeah. Um, but I I'm getting a feeling it's not going to be as no. active as, as past. No. I, yeah. What I mean to say is it's one, it'll definitely be a big story. Like Patrick Kane leaving the Blackhawks, leaving, mm-hmm. um, uh, Shall I say mix legacy and leave it at that? Yes, mix legacy. Uh, I mean, guys known to nickel and dime. So, yeah. Um. Anywho, again, we'll be back in a week's time to talk all about what the rest of the league has been doing, along with what the Vancouver Canucks have been doing. Uh, but as we look to, to wrap up the show, something that we had uh, forgotten to talk about two weeks ago was the uh, the launch of the C4 Book Club, which, you know, we talked about. We got some early indication from you, our listeners, that you wanted to to have this happen. Yeah. And then uh, it sort of, you know, fell to the wayside. But uh, but yeah, uh, Anna, did you want to talk to it a bit? Yeah. I mean, I haven't thought too much about it, but more what I want to say is we'd love to get input from the listeners as to what form you want this to take. I love it to be something interactive where we can just get together and discuss um, the books. And um, we do know that we are starting um, with Aaron Volpatti's book. Like that is a decision that we've made. And I think a few of our listeners have read it. So that's exciting. Um, But yeah, like, Maybe come come at us on Discord um, and give us some input on what form this can take. Because it would be cool for it to be an open discussion. I don't want it to just be me talking into a mic about what I thought of the book. It would be great to get some input. It would be cool if it's like getting together and having a discussion. Maybe on Discord. Maybe on a voice channel. Um, but you know, if that is impossible with all the time zones that we're dealing with. Um, maybe we'll just have a book club channel, but yeah, maybe that's what you guys would prefer. So please let me know if that's, um, what you want. And we'll put a deadline, um, for those of you who haven't managed to read the book and that'll be our first book and we'll take, um, polls. Um, maybe we'll rotate who gets to choose the next book. Sounds like a plan. So you heard Anna talk to us in discord. Give us some suggestions. What type of format do you want this to look or take? And and from there, we'll look to make it happen. Um, as she said, she doesn't want to be the only one talking into the the void about the book. We should be collaborative. And I, you know, don't want to also mention to you can't see that she was looking at me with daggers. So yeah. <laughs> I was not actually, but no, 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 the- you can't take it back. I saw it. I saw okay. it. Yeah. Listeners, you can trust me. Anna picks on me all the time. Mm. Uh, speaking of picking on old people, um, the Clay who tweet, uh, he, you know, I, I was talking to him obviously. And he's like, was that Anna? I'm like, yeah. am I the one who goes and says Clay who? Like, Also to me, I was just like, yeah, I'm just like, that was a very neutral t- tweet to me. That's just his name. Clay who like, yeah. It's funny to me that he took offense, but yeah. Well, I mean, and and for longtime listeners of the podcast, that's podcast meta right there. That is, 
that is something that goes back to the days of you and Clay never being together because. Yeah. And so he started it in a way. Like yeah. we literally met in London um, before I was ever on the podcast, even as a guest. Um, we met in London and then he spent, I moved to Vancouver and he spent the rest of the time avoiding me. So. Yeah. No. So rude. Yeah, he started it. Such a negative Nelly he can yeah. be, you know? Uh, but here we are at the end of a show. Um, couple final notes. You obviously know where to listen to us because you're listening right now. Um, but if you happen not to yet subscribe to us, we publish episodes each and every week, except for those weeks where there happens to be a holiday and we take much needed rest and respite. Uh, if you want to support our show, uh, help keep the lights on, for instance. You can do so uh, financially by supporting the show through Buy Me a Coffee, or the easiest way to get there is to go to support.c4podcast.com, and you can choose to either support us on a recurring basis, monthly, or just uh, buy us a couple of pints and throw some uh, money as a one-time uh, you know, donation or gift our way. Um, the Buy Me a Coffee, I really wish we could sort of rebrand it to like Buy Me a Pint. Yeah, because that. You know, it's us. Yeah. But not that I have anything against coffee. I know. That's my main fuel, but. Yeah. Coffee gets me going. The pint makes the day, you know. Yeah. You know, all that uh, nice at the end. Or, you know, sometimes, you know, halfway through. But, uh, yeah. Um, C4 Discord. Discord slash C4 Podcast. Seeing as we referenced it earlier. And if uh, anyone ever wants to leave us a voicemail, speakpipe.com slash C4 podcast, uh, you can drop us a note there. And as we've always said, we will play your voice on our show. Advertise your own podcast. I'm surprised that, you know, Faber or Quads haven't just recorded something. Uh, Bowman or Stanch haven't done that because, you know, we have promised that if it gets said on the, yeah. on the voicemail, we will include it. So Even... Um, those who are dead to us. Yeah. But any final words of wisdom there, Anna? Um, I'm just going to take a moment to give us both a pat on the back. Um, because throughout this episode, Chris has had coughing fits. I've literally been wiping my nose on my shirt because I don't have any tissues. So we are not running at hundred percent here, you guys, but we battled through for you. So, um, oh, no kidding. yeah, hope you're enjoying yeah. I'm sorry about that image. Yeah, I mean, mine, my coughing fits are probably, you know, more appropriately visualized than yeah. what sorry, Mom, my, using her shirt for. My manners. <laughs> but desperate times. Hey, it's I, I get it. I completely understand. Um, the final words for me, wash your hands. Because trust me, <laughs> wash your the shirt. germs are everywhere. <laughs> and wash your shirt, just in case. Oh, uh, you know, it's all those all those things that uh, you, we we learn uh, growing up uh, not to do that we still do yeah. as adults today. Yeah. But on behalf of Anna A four size zero through myself Chris at Light for signing off this episode of the C four Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog dot com. With we out. <laughs>